0: We are trying to reach the populations that would otherwise never consider walking into a CrossFit gym. That was goal number one was when we first put this out to people, if you're the least likely person to go to a CrossFit gym, we want you. And it was followed pretty closely after that with we will meet you wherever you're at and got a pretty good response just with that. We have targeted... Um, two primary populations. One we call special populations, and that covers everything from severely overweight to uh, chronic disease, uh, diabetes, COPD, you name it, we've got it. And that's our uh, was our primary target with the special populations class. And then reaching seniors and the people who didn't have exposure to any kind of physical activity, let alone CrossFit, and teaching them some of the skills that would be necessary to keep them living living independently.
1: This is episode number 125 with Dustin Jones and Michelle Moots. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Hi there everybody and welcome back to Pursuing Health. I am super excited to share this conversation with you that I had the pleasure of having recently with two of my physical therapy friends, Dustin Jones and Michelle Moots. The three of us sat down after a recent MDL-1, which is a CrossFit Level 1 seminar, which is held exclusively for physicians at CrossFit HQ every couple months through the initiative of CrossFit Health. So, a little bit about our guest today. Michelle Moots is a true CrossFit original. So, she got her start back at the very first CrossFit gym in Santa Cruz in 2004. She quickly fell in love with the CrossFit methodology and ultimately left her formal work as a physical therapist after 13 years to become a full time CrossFit trainer. She's worked in a variety of capacities as a CrossFit trainer and has also served on the CrossFit seminar staff for 10 years, where she now plays the role of Flowmaster. Most recently, Michelle has taken the lead in running the CrossFit health program at CrossFit HQ, where she works with older adults as well as those struggling with obesity and a variety of chronic diseases in an effort to help them regain their health and independence. Dustin Jones is a home health physical therapist. He has a passion for working with older adults to help them stay independent in their homes. He's also the founder of Gero's Health and the Gero's Health podcast, which connects thousands of clinicians to share information and education about caring for older adults. So Dustin was out at CrossFit HQ while we were doing this seminar, listening to some of the lectures which were going on concurrently and checking out the CrossFit health classes for these special populations. So in this episode, the three of us, Michelle, Dustin, and I sat down and we shared a discussion about how we can bridge the gap that exists between our medical system and the CrossFit affiliate. We discussed special considerations for working with these special populations, how affiliate owners may approach starting their own senior and special populations programs, and how healthcare providers can get involved with their local affiliates. So this episode is also going to be published on Dustin's podcast, Jero's Health, and if you're looking for info on how to work with older adults, I highly suggest that you check that out as well. Before we get started, this is just another reminder that although I am now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, let's get started with episode number 125 of Pursuing Health featuring Dustin Jones and Michelle Moots.
2: Welcome, folks. It's good to talk to you. My name is Dustin Jones. You're listening to either the Jaros Health Podcast or the Pursuing Health Podcast. Yes. Uh, But we are here in Scotts Valley, California, CrossFit headquarters. And let's just kind of give a general introduction, um, and then we'll get right into today's topic, which the goal of today's conversation is how do we bridge the gap between the hospital and the clinic and a place like this, the gym or the box, um, because there's some awesome stuff that's happening here across the headquarters and across many boxes across the country or the world. Um, but how can we really help people along their journey of health, uh, from the medical system into kind of the fitness arena? Um, so Julie, well, introduce yourself on your own podcast.
1: Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Julie Fouché. um, for those that are listening maybe to the Jeros podcast or it's, what is the official title?
2: Yeah. Jaros, Jaros health. Yep.
1: Jaros health. Okay. Um, so I am currently in my last year of family medicine, residency, trying to blend those two words together. Um, I competed in CrossFit for several years while I was going through my medical training. Now I'm doing CrossFit for health and for longevity. Um, and so it's been a fun journey from that perspective. And I'm lucky to also be on the seminar staff and able to teach at some of these, Level One Seminars, which we're hosting specifically for physicians, which has been a very fun initiative to be a part of.
2: Awesome. And then to my right is Michelle. Tell me about yourself, Michelle.
0: Uh, I started CrossFit in 2004 here in Santa Cruz and um, fell in love with it immediately. She was I, one of the original. Yeah. The OGs. <laughs> the OGs. Um, I came at CrossFit with about 13 years of physical therapy background and... Fell in love with what I was doing in CrossFit, had a pretty tricky time integrating some of that back into PT, and found it much easier to uh, (laughs) quit my PT job (laughs) and become a full-time coach, which is what I did. Um, Have since uh, been on staff for, gosh, 10 years now, and teaching the seminars on the weekend and most recently, I've had the privilege of taking over the CrossFit Health Program, so I'm running everything that's happening here at HQ, which is pretty awesome, so really excited about what's happening here.
2: Beautiful. We're going to dive into that. Uh, real quick. And,
0: yes, we need to know about
1: you, Dustin. <laughs> not, <laughs> for no, my not, pursuing not much health to religion. know. Yeah, <laughs> so smart. the Pursuing Health folks. Uh, so
2: my name is Dustin Jones. I'm a home health physical therapist in Lexington, Kentucky. Bourbon country, horses is what we're known for. It's a beautiful city. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun city. I uh, also run the Joe's health podcast. It's a podcast for mainly rehab clinicians and some fitness folk that want to better serve older adults. And it's a community as well. Uh, I actually am here because of Julie, uh, my wife and I listened to one of her podcasts that really spoke to the initiative that we're about to discuss and changed my whole perception of CrossFit. And then now, you know, my wife took the MDL one and I'm kind of tagging along and, and now we're here. So we're uh, happy you're here. Yeah. This is great. Okay. So we're, we're here at CrossFit headquarters. I see CrossFit Health. This is what we've done. I got to hang out uh, on Friday with um, uh, with some amazing folks mm-hmm. that absolutely destroyed me on the workout. Um, <laughs> Love it. And easily thirty, forty years older <laughs> than me, which I'm proud of. Yep, that's <laughs> awesome. Rose, she crushed me. Yeah. Uh, but that that they have some special programming here at headquarters that Michelle is leading. Um, but you see all this stuff that you wouldn't necessarily associate typically from if I have a stereotype of of CrossFit. So tell us about kind of The shift the initiative and and definitely what's going on this weekend
0: I love that your first thing was that this is not what you would typically see in a CrossFit gym because that's exactly our goal Uh, we are trying to reach the populations that would otherwise never consider walking into a CrossFit gym Mm. that was goal number one was when we first put this out to people if you're the least likely person to go to a CrossFit gym we want you and it was followed pretty closely after that with we will meet you wherever you're at Mm. and got a pretty good response just with that we have targeted um two primary populations one we call special populations and that covers everything from severely overweight to uh chronic disease uh, diabetes copd you name it Mm -hmm. we've got it and That's our was our primary target with the special populations class and then reaching seniors and the people who didn't have exposure to any kind of physical activity, let alone CrossFit Mm -hmm. and teaching them some of the skills that would be necessary to keep them living, living independently, which is really our goal with that group. So it's been pretty awesome what's been happening in here.
2: Yeah, it's amazing to witness. Julie posted some pictures today from y'all can't see it, but this board says this is what we've done. Yeah. Uh, people have lost over 100 pounds, yeah. people um, considered selling their house because they couldn't go up the stairs, and now they're running their stairs. Yeah. Uh, That's some, amazing. Someone cool, couldn't right? open a jar of peanut butter, and now they're you know deadlifting 70-some pounds off, <laughs> oh. off the ground. Yep. Someone said they got a smiley butt. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, some pretty potent things. We're going to dive more into that. But this weekend in particular is, if you see Julie's shirt, the CrossFit MDL1. Uh, what, what is that? Tell us more about, about this weekend and and that initiative.
1: Yeah. So this weekend is basically the level one seminar, the CrossFit level one seminar, the same seminar that is run every single weekend in multiple locations around the world. But what's unique about this particular seminar is that it's all physicians. So, um, starting, I guess it was beginning of 2018, Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit, decided that he wanted to start offering these seminars for physicians for free. So he put it out there. Um, this is actually, it says MDL 1, I think 11. So this hmm. is the technically the 11th of these seminars that we've done. And it makes it a little bit unique because you have interesting conversations that happen. This weekend alone, we've got people from all over the world. We've got people from New Zealand, from South America, from... Wow. Europe, um, and then all different medical specialties. People that are not normally talking or interacting with each other necessarily in their day-to-day life, but they all do CrossFit, and that's what brings them together. And going through this seminar and learning kind of this L1 kernel that Greg refers to, this basic information about the methodology and why we do CrossFit and what CrossFit is and what fitness is. Um, It provides them with more context about this bigger purpose of CrossFit. Mm. I think most people, you know, maybe when they get exposed to CrossFit because they see the CrossFit games or maybe they just go into their local affiliate and start doing it, it's great and it's life-changing. But until they understand or they go through the level one and understand the true purpose of CrossFit, it it can take on a whole new meaning. So I know that was true for me Mm -hmm. many years ago when I did my first level one completely changed my life. I think it changed the trajectory of the field of medicine that I want to practice. Um, but it's amazing for all of these physicians who have already so much background in health and in medicine and you know, human physiology to actually go through the seminar and see how what they're doing in the gym actually applies to what they're doing in their practice. And now they're having conversations around that about how can I actually apply this or how can I do something in my own community that's going to help to bridge that gap between mm. their medical practice and what they're doing in the gym.
2: Yeah, and what's cool is is you're leading a project that does <laughs> just that here, and and seems to be rather successful. Um, <laughs> So so let's kind of get into the the practical tips strategies because I know I know for me, I mean we had a conversation it was three four weeks ago, right. of like how how can I implement this in the box where I am right now, which mm. I go to CrossFit Maximus. I love that place in Lexington, Kentucky. Great Jim. Uh, I've been there many times. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. um, I haven't been in, in many other boxes, but I would assume it's, it, it's probably a pretty stereotypical box where you have a certain uh, demographic of people uh, that look, maybe look a certain way or weigh a certain amount. A lot of fit people, you don't see a lot of diversity in age per se right. um, or diversity in, in terms of, of health. Um, so you know, listen to your podcast, Julie, and, and seeing what you're doing, you know, people like me, and I think there's a lot more than, than just me, obviously, they're like, how can we make this happen? I really want to dive in to some of those things. So from, let's say if we were to speak to like the, the person that owns a box or an involved coach that really wants to see older adults in the gym or see people that have these chronic metabolic conditions that we know stand to gain the most from this stimulus, what, what could they do? Low-hanging fruit. What could they do to create an inviting environment and space so people like that would feel welcomed uh, to come into to a class per se? Um,
0: I am in a unique environment here mm-hmm. because I have been given permission to turn this gym into exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. What I don't have is the distractions that I think would dissuade a lot of those people from walking into a a typical CrossFit gym. And what I mean by that is, we all know the type of person that's in a CrossFit gym and how welcoming and and embracing they are. Yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) But I don't think that a lot of these populations have had that experience, Mm -hmm. not with CrossFit, but in gym settings per se. My first suggestion, and I know you and I talked about this on the phone, was creating times of the day When your gym is dedicated to just those populations, because one of the things that this community has the benefit of is looking around and having like populations around them, Mm. like people around them. It's been huge. Seniors want to work out with seniors. They share some of the similar um, issues that are going on. They form a camaraderie Mm -hmm. that uh, I think is pretty amazing. And they don't feel that, intimidation factor. Mm -hmm. Same with our special populations, especially with our overweight people in this program. They've had such negative experiences going into gyms that that was a big, big roadblock for them getting in. And I think if a gym member, a gym affiliate is willing to give up those times a day where they can clear their gym out and have that, that time be just for those populations, the success will be yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. But, um, yeah, that'd be my first suggestion with that.
2: What times are the, like specifically what times are the classes here? Yeah.
0: Um, we have a, an 8am class, but that's, it's a little different. That's what we call an integrated class. So some of the employees that are here will work out with some of our special populations that, uh, we reaching some of their goals faster, Wanted to be pushed a little bit harder. Our first true CrossFit health class starts at 9am. Um, we have a 10 a.m. seniors class, and starting next week, we'll have an 11 a.m. seniors class because my 10 a.m. is so big. Yeah, it is. It's huge. You saw it. Yeah. Um, that we needed some overflow. So we're starting a second seniors class in here, which is pretty That's awesome. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: how have you grown in terms of membership
0: in, <laughs> in these classes? Um, so I was not the original Uh, coach in here Rory McKernan Mm -hmm. and Julie Lau started or Jenny Lau started this and um, I took it over I think there was gosh roughly between 17 to 22 people Mm -hmm. when I first started here
1: and this was when
0: uh, February. February of this year. Okay. Uh, we currently have 159 members. That's amazing. In the gym. Yeah. Which is just. Do you find it's still a lot of word of mouth? Like, our people bring their friends? It's almost all word out? of mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's been. That was my original, kind of hurdle was how do I reach the populations I want to reach? Well, it's just like every other gym. Mm-hmm. These people know people who would benefit from this, and we don't take everyone. Yeah, this is a free program. So we are selective on the mm. people that are in here and they need to have a reason mm-hmm. to be here. And that has taken care of that atmosphere that you witnessed yeah. where they're their own community. And I think that piece has kept them coming where they don't feel like there's the quote unquote judgment yeah. <laughs> of the gym yeah. because they're all in the trenches together. So, um, yeah, they, they know exactly the type of person that would fit here. And that yeah. has been huge. What are some of the criteria that you use then? There needs to be, uh, for the special population, some sort of an underlying health issue, whether that's obesity. And like I said, we have multiple people who, um, although now they've lost, the two I'm thinking of have lost tremendous weight, but started close to 500 pounds. And both of them have lost over 100. So that's pretty amazing. Um, Type 2 diabetes, rampant. Mm -hmm. in that group Um, non-exposure and that sounds weird but like non-exposure to any form of physical activity Mm -hmm. and that that is a detriment to their health in and of Mm -hmm. itself Um, I've got one who had chronic fatigue syndrome Mm -hmm. Um, so just I mean you name it there's been a myriad of things the criteria for the seniors class is that they're over 65 and our youngest in there is right at about 65 our oldest uh, we have three of them in there that are pushing 90. That's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So
1: that's, I love those guys. They crack me up. So, yeah, so that's cool. Good. So that you have criteria so that you're not necessarily having like a 60 year old who's already healthy, who's been working out doing triathlons or whatever, but they want to come and join their friends, Yeah. but you don't want to create an environment where someone may feel uncomfortable because that person's.
0: Yeah, there's probably more leniency in the seniors class because mm-hmm. I think across the board, there are some um, neurological things that we could always deal with, yes. balance, uh, proprioception stuff that would just decline with aging. So we do focus a lot with that stuff during the warmups. A lot of the workouts are, are we might shift a little bit so that there's some little, a little bit more balance work mm-hmm. in them. I have more of a concern with that, being selective with our special populations where mm-hmm. You know, there might be a CrossFitter that's like, oh, free CrossFit? Yeah, I'm going to go. Right. And that's just, you know, that was not an environment we wanted to create. So we have definitely been selective on having them explain to us why yeah, they yeah. need this program. Out,
1: like my cholesterol is borderline or yeah, something no, like gonna that. not going to work, right? If they're throw, out running I'll around the fast. parking yeah. lot, I'm like, get out. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: It's, um, it just, it would change the environment mm-hmm. enough that I would, that would be detrimental mm-hmm. to the people that really are here for exactly the reasons this program was designed. So I'm not, you know, that was something we were very conscious of is not skewing that. That's, That's cool. amazing.
2: So I, if I'm a, a gym owner, which I'm not, so I'm very naive to, to the business of, of a gym, but you're telling me that I could have, I mean, I know the program's free, but let's say, you know, if these people were paying that potentially I could have 150 some extra members that would only come to the gym typically mm-hmm. between nine, 10, 11, and then in early afternoon, which is typically when no one is is in the gym right. or, you know, there's a 12 o'clock class, obviously for a lot of folks, but yeah, that I, seems like a very, uh, a could be a wise business move just in terms of, you know, leveraging your space throughout the entirety of the day. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I think that especially primarily with the seniors class, yeah, there's some flexibility in schedule, and I think you could schedule those at different times that would be suitable to that population. Special populations, most of those are still working. Mm-hmm. So there could be some considerations there with yeah. busier times in the gym. But we started that because it fit the schedule here at the gym. It has since <laughs> grown so much that I think now it's, okay, now it's 11. Oh, God. Now we're going to start at 12. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to run into the afternoon. And and what a great problem to have. Right. But, um, yeah, there would be some parameters, I think, on... From an affiliate standpoint, I'm maybe having one or two hours a day and multiple coaches where you yeah. could have large classes and yeah. that wouldn't be a deterrent.
2: And I think too of like programming considerations. So let's say you have a, a thriving community already and then you're wanting to add, you know, some of these special population programs in there. How would you recommend from the programming standpoint? Would you write completely different programming or would you keep, let's say, the typical workout of the day? And then just be very detailed about about scaling options and whatnot. And how would you frame that? Would you use Rx and scale? Like, What types of words would you use for these folks? I'm just thinking of, let's say some of the folks that may want to come at the four, five, and six. How how could you program to where they could be next to the potential games athlete, for example? And how would you frame that in terms of up on the board and the words that you use?
0: I love when people ask me that question. I get asked that a lot. we program here from crossfit.com. And we don't shy away from that. We're very open with the members of this yeah. program that they're doing the same workouts. Awesome. Everyone else is on .com. I will pick and choose years sometimes. So I might do a two week span of current and then I'll go back to 2012 and do two weeks from that time period and bounce around. But all the workouts are .com. Hmm. There is value in them seeing it written in front of them as it was intended to be performed. Having said that, I don't have any athletes that are gonna do these workouts RX. None. So we have avoided the word scaling. <laughs> and we will generally write them up with options. So option one might be, okay, if it's a box jump, well maybe you can do a lower step up. Option two might be that I've got a couple people that their feet had never left the ground when they started this program. So we've drawn a chalk line on the ground and I just want you to jump from that side of the chalk Mm -hmm. to that side of the chalk. That was monumental for a lot of people. So it's being mindful of the capabilities and giving options that would include everybody, people who can't get on the ground, people who can't jump, people who... uh, don't have it's not a typical scale of oh here's a green band yeah yeah you know it's you got to think outside the box and scale it down probably 10 more steps than you would in a normal class but those benefits and the things they get from those options are immense Mm. it's incredible to watch that there's some very unique scaling going on in these programs i credit the coaches that are here they are incredible you saw katie hogan on friday she's unreal Wes Pyatt is in here. He's amazing with them as well. Zach Pine, I couldn't do it without those guys yeah. and their creativity of always bringing something new and different. Knowing what we have in this mm-hmm. in this gym. Blows my mind what they're coming up with. Yeah. It's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, on Friday, we did 20.1, Yeah, the CrossFit Open workout. Which, which means nothing to this they population. They could care less. Like, Katie had to spend, like, five minutes, like, all right, y'all, y'all don't <laughs> know what the Open yeah, is? Okay. Like the it's, there's a, there's <laughs> a competition. It's on the internet. Uh, we'll do this workout. But they, That's awesome. But that was the workout. Yeah. And there was 15 people or so. I don't, I don't remember the exact number. But there was probably 15 different workouts being performed. Yep. But the same intended stimulus. Right. And that was just a beauty to watch that she was able to clearly present, clearly explain and demonstrate and not assume that everyone knew what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. And they picked and chose, okay, this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what's safe. And this is what's going to get the job done. And it was all different for each person. It was really cool to see.
0: Yeah. It's, um, like I said, it blows my mind sometimes. I think I considered myself to be pretty good at scaling when I started this. Oh, man, it has it's a whole new, level. <laughs> <laughs> whole new level. Yeah. And what a great gift to yeah. be given. Yeah. You know, there's certain things I brought from my background, but all of these coaches have just brought such creativity and thinking outside the box to make sure that the function behind what was intended is always being met. And it's mm-hmm. pretty awesome to
2: watch. Yeah. So, yeah. So from the primary care provider standpoint or the mm-hmm. physician standpoint, that like this MDL one, y'all are working with physicians and and trying to team up with them. So they, they would have confidence or the thought that, Oh, this person would benefit from CrossFit. I'm going to Mm -hmm. refer them to Mm -hmm. whatever box. What, What would you want to see as a referring provider in a CrossFit box to feel comfortable sending your patients, whether they may be older, whether they may be on certain medications or have a certain diagnosis? Like, what do you want to see in that program or that box. So you feel comfortable sending them to someone like Michelle.
1: That is such a great question because I think it's made me think a lot more. I mean, even regardless of whether you're thinking about a patient or just a friend who asks you for a recommendation, you're thinking about different factors and how each box is unique and brings sort of a different niche um, to your community. But especially when I'm working with patients or someone, especially who's elderly, I've identified a couple of different boxes in my area that I know I'm comfortable sending people to. And when I think about what makes me feel comfortable um, sending them there, it's, it's mainly knowing the experience of the coaches and knowing that I've seen the coaches be able to adequately scale, be able to get on the level of of these um, special populations or these older individuals so that I know they're not going to walk into the gym and have an exp- explanation of, oh, here's the workout, here's the modifications, but they're going to be like, I can't even do the <laughs> easiest modification you just presented mm-hmm. me. So being able to be mindful of all different levels of experience and being comfortable, being creative and scaling and being able to get to know the member on a more personal level so that they're going to feel comfortable. Um And so I think having, certainly having a specific program or a specific sort of protected time when you are working with those populations and you're having success with it and more people are, are coming to that program, that to me would be a good sign that, you know, you're, you're building your ability to work with those populations and you're having some success.
2: Yeah. Excuse me. Or you could be like your husband
1: and just (laughs) have a practice inside the box. (laughs) Love that. Right. Uh, Right. Just check in. How are you guys doing? (laughs) Um, but I think too, I think even more as we get further down the road, I would love to see more communication between the box owners and the coaches and the physicians, especially as we're talking about some of these special populations or patients who may need to come off of their medications as they lose weight or as they improve their fitness or change their diet. Um, having that open communication and especially if their doctor also does CrossFit and understands what they're doing in the box, that's even better. Mm. Um, Because I think so many times when the physician doesn't understand what's happening in the box, they're going to be giving, you know, their kind of standard advice and it doesn't necessarily apply um, to these populations. So I think the more open communication, the better. I think I've seen even in my community with some of the, the local physical therapists who Mm -hmm. have great relationships with box owners and trainers. And so they're able to really seamlessly transition patients from maybe a rehab situation mm-hmm. back into the gym or vice versa. Like here's some recommendations, how I, how I'd want them to modify these right. workouts or things to avoid right now. And I think that just provides such a better experience for the athlete because they're still able to be in their community and do the things that they want to do, but they know they're doing it in a way that is looking out for their long term health.
2: Yeah. yeah. There's some interesting models that, that I've come across and people that I work with, like Christina Previtt, for example, she's a physio in Canada Uh, She has a gym called stave off and it's a physio gym hybrid. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, she's right there treating patients and and transitioning into the gym. If someone does have some type of injury, Mm -hmm. they can come back onto rehab, even though that that doesn't happen too often. Um, So it it is cool to see some of these different hybrid models, you know, what, what Danny has at at black flag currently. And I know there's, countless stories yeah. of, of Which people one doing here in some... Santa Cruz too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's awesome. That was not present when I first started. Yeah. <laughs> it's, really cool. right. it's, it's awesome to see that transition.
1: And I do think it's benefiting everybody.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So. I think every, I think it happens sort of informally. And now yeah. a lot of boxes probably have some relationship with a physical therapist who's yeah. either a member or in their area. But I think, you know, that's important to mm-hmm. have a oh, relationship yeah. with a physical therapist for when you need that expertise. For They're, your- the <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> <Those> you guys. <laughs> God, I tell you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love, Pete. I love my truck. <laughs> I'm kidding, y'all. So
2: let, let's speak to the – sorry, I keep messing around with it. Let's right. speak to the healthcare provider, whether it's a physician or a PA or an MP, a nurse, a PT, OT, uh, someone that's working in the healthcare field that likely has a bit of discontentment with the medical meat grinder that I think a lot of us, you,
1: you, I like that you, term medical meat grinder. That's
2: what it is. I mean, that's that's great. Be, yes, you're in the thick of it right I'm now, 30 year residency. Yeah. You're about to come out the other end as a different person. <laughs> um, but I think we all feel a bit of that frustration. Yeah. Like there is a better way. There's so much more that I could do for this person. And most of the things I know are going to benefit the most, Medicare or these third party payers aren't going to pay for in our insurance system. It, there's a lot of frustration. So Speaking to the healthcare providers that hear like Michelle talk and her special program of getting uh, folks off their metformin or older adults, you know, being able to stay in their house cause they can do stairs now mm-hmm. and they get amped up and super excited. How can I do something like this or get involved? What do you say to those folks uh, to kind of put themselves in a position as a healthcare provider to maybe get something going or establish that relationship?
1: That is a great question. So I think number one, it starts with the level one. If you mm-hmm. haven't been to the level one, obviously Right now, the MDL1s are only for DO or MD um, physicians, but any healthcare provider can attend L one They're offered in multiple locations every single weekend, and that's where you get this kind of foundation of the methodology. And then from there, I think bring that back to your community and work with your gym. So like, for example... Coming up in a few weeks, we're hosting an event at our gym on a Saturday that's basically an introduction to what is CrossFit, why are we doing what we're doing for healthcare providers. So Mm -hmm. we're inviting physicians, PTs, nurses, OTs, like anyone who works in healthcare. So basically all of our gym members who are in healthcare are spreading it around to their coworkers. They're saying, hey, come check this out. It's a very low barrier to entry, free event we're going to talk a little bit about the basics, about what we're doing here, answer some of those common misconceptions about people thinking, oh, this is so intense or I'm going to get injured or whatever people may think. All the physical therapists. I going to that. say,
0: you mean our people,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, I was going to say, it's a lot of the like ER ortho. And, and your the people. Ortho oh, and the, yeah. Yeah. Um, But speak to that, right? Because yeah. a lot of people that have those misconceptions, it's because they don't understand what CrossFit is all yeah. about. They, they haven't heard it from the horse's mouth. They don't see – a proper implementation of the program. So we're going to address that. We're going to do a very brief introductory sort of workout, introduce them to some basic movement and a team workout and then lunch and just hang out, get to know each other. And what we're hoping happens from that is just more understanding of what CrossFit is trying to break down some of those barriers so that when people go to their doctor, they go to their PT and they say that they're doing CrossFit, they have a better understanding of what's happening in the CrossFit gym Maybe not all these people are going to start doing CrossFit. We don't have that expectation, but we want them to understand what it is so that when they're working with patients, they can, um, they can understand what's happening in the gym. And then so that they know what's happening in the gym. And when they see a patient who may benefit from it, they can send them to a place that they feel comfortable with. And they know that the trainers are going to be able to handle Mm -hmm. that situation. So I think, you know, whether it's something formal like that, just putting on a, or sort of informal like that, putting on a, a event for the people in your area or whether it's just starting to work with your gym. If you have patients who you think can benefit, sending them to their gyms, communicating about what's going on with the patient. I think the more that we can, like you've been talking about, build these little bridges in between mm-hmm. the medical system and what's happening in the gym, the better. So it's, you know, you want to be, you're very excited about it. You want to bring it all home. Everyone has, I think, big ideas, yeah. and big plans for how yeah. we can make the system better. But I think it starts with these small things. It starts with networking and community. It's like, it's why Greg is doing these seminars because he wants to bring people together and he knows good things are going to come from that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So if you are a healthcare provider, do you, do you recommend just investing in one community or one box? Or do you, do you recommend also like trying to build simultaneous relationships with several gyms in your area like so you can hopefully see this program grow or be able to refer Mm -hmm. uh you know folks to different crossfit boxes like how how do you perceive that because i know in the pt world a lot a lot of the physical therapists are starting to become more involved in crossfit and wanting Mm -hmm. to get in that space um and uh, there have been some pts (laughs) that will literally just show up at some random box and be like I'm a doctor of physical therapy and I can <laughs> solve all your problems and prevent all your injuries in your, your gym. And that's what a, an owner wants to see yeah, or a coach. Totally. Uh, so how, how do you think about that in terms of building multiple relationships? What's a, uh, an effective way to do that?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of different ways to do it. And I think it depends on you, your, what your practice is like, what in your community and what the affiliate community is like in your area. I've seen it done in different ways so speaking to pt for example the gym that i go to has a physical therapist that's her office is right in our gym Mm -hmm. and so she primarily takes care of members of the gym and then other outside people who are coming to see her Um, there's also other physical therapists in the area who have their own standalone practice but they build relationships with multiple different gyms in the area Mm -hmm. so i think there's a lot of different ways you can do it and it just depends on you personally what you're comfortable with what you're practice style is and what your community and your relationships are like. Um, I don't think there's any one right way to do it. And I think that's kind of the phase that we're in now. I think whether it's physical therapy or whether it's, you know, physicians in primary care trying to work, figure out how they're going to work with their local boxes. um, I think we're in this area of experimentation. So people are just starting to try a lot of different things. And I think we're going to see over the next several years, kind of what works well maybe what doesn't work as well. We're going to see a lot of different ways that it can be done. And I'm sure it can be done well in many different ways, depending on your community and your type of practice. So that doesn't really answer your question. <laughs> well, it, <does>. but <laughs> I, I, it
2: answered there. There are multiple ways yeah. To, yeah. to get it done. And it is kind of context specific. And I think about um, like the of people trying these different models of how they're trying to figure out if it works from the results standpoint, like are people actually getting yeah. better or improving, but not, then also from the financial standpoint for the gyms, but then also for the healthcare providers. Yeah. Right. Um, cause, cause yeah, it, for, for like for me, for example, uh, if I want to work with, uh, older adults, if I want to do physical therapy with someone that, that has Medicare, I cannot I have to bill yep. their insurance, for example. I yep. cannot take their cash because <laughs> right. yep. um, it's a, a it's a covered service, and so that makes it kind of challenging with a lot of these unique models, uh, at least in physical therapy, mm-hmm. where a lot of people are going to be more cash based, um, just to have some flexibility, not be in the system that is absolutely destroying their Broken. soul right, right. <laughs> on a day to day basis. So there <laughs> yeah. are some constraints. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, how do we make this work? Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned Christina before. She's in the Canadian context. They're in such a different ball game in terms of how their system works. So mm-hmm. like she is making it work from the financial standpoint. That's cool. The American context, I feel like we we got some big hurdles to cover oh, in yeah. terms of blending the medical healthcare, yeah. health insurance world with yeah. with the fitness space. But Absolutely. not to say it can't be done.
1: Right. And it's unfortunate that there's not better way to do it with insurance right now but it seems like especially if you want to work with older populations you kind of have to pick whether you're going to be doing insurance or you're going to just opt out of medicare and go strictly cash based and so it's it's unfortunate because Mm. you know people should be able to use their insurance (laughs) to cover the things that they need but unfortunately the world that we live in it doesn't always well,
0: wow, the insurance oh, right. companies are not jumping up and down for that either. Right. We're pretty much taking business away from <laughs> Right, that's right. I, I understand that. I suppose we're yeah, not a good, from good that business proposition Yeah, on, yeah. On, on <laughs> yeah.
2: the no. standpoint. So, yeah, so, so I get it. You mentioned building a community, uh, the Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit. You know, that's like a goal of his, especially with this MD01. So one thing that we haven't talked about yet is the DDC. I've seen signs <laughs> for it around here. What does that mean? <laughs> is this like a secret cult or something? What, what is this? Well, is CrossFit oh, all in a secret <laughs> cult? Um,
0: DDC stands for the Derelict Doctors Club. All right. Self-named, they named themselves. Yes. Um, and it is it a group about. of physicians who have either been through the MDL1 and experienced exactly what Julie described, or are waiting
1: to go through the MDL one. Uh,
0: okay.
1: Uh, Actually, they have to have gone through it. or they, oh, have they to did. Pass, okay. Or they have to have done a level one, I think. Mm. A level one. Elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: The DDC is dedicated towards having speakers that are talking to exactly what we have been discussing. So trying to um, drive this movement in the mm-hmm. right direction and giving those physicians some more information about the direction that we're trying to take this as far as yeah. health goes, for sure.
2: So yeah. the MDL one is not a one-off event. It's more, it, it starts. doesn't have to be. Yeah. It can be, but I don't think it has to be. Right. The yeah. conversation continues. Yeah.
0: Right, and you so, can speak to this probably better than I can, Julie, but that huh. is a group of motivated individuals. Let me tell you. It's They're the black awesome.
2: sheep of the healthcare industry, yeah, you know, in cool. terms of what they believe and yeah, and, yeah, and, and what they, they practice. They're just not normal yeah. doctors. No. So I could see that community it's being so awesome. Strong. Yeah.
1: And that's, I think what Greg speaks to when he does speak to this group mm. at every, that's the other, I guess, unique thing about the MDL one is Greg usually comes yeah. and speaks to them <laughs> on day two. So that doesn't happen at every seminar every weekend. So that is pretty special too. But, um, Otherwise, it's the exact same seminar. (laughs) But when he talks about it, he says he knows that's why he's bringing these doctors together because he knows that they feel isolated, that they have this view that's not mainstream and that they, you know, maybe are going to their CrossFit gym, they're seeing all these great results, and they're going to work and they're, you know, surrounded by people who don't get it. And so here they have a place where they can be around like-minded people. And it's been so cool to see it evolve over the past two years Every time we come back, I think they hold these seminars about every other month Mm -hmm. with the DDC alongside, and there's a lot of familiar faces. There's a lot of networking that happens, unique ideas that that come up and the conversations that happen. It seems like a movement that's really gaining momentum. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with the CrossFit Health Conference, which happens right before the CrossFit Mm -hmm. Games every year in Madison, sort of a similar thing where they're bringing in speakers who are really trying to expose some of the problems with our modern healthcare care system, um, researchers, physicians, um, journalists, and it's really fascinating because it helps you to to see outside of your bubble. You know, when you're practicing medicine, so much of what you're seeing is so focused, especially if you're in a very specialized field. You're reading, you know, your journals and the studies that pertain to your field. And, you know, you're just, I mean, you can barely keep up with that as it is and keep up with your practice, but there's so much happening That's going on outside of that and to stop and think about, you know, don't always take things at face value, but think about some of the problems with research, some of the problems with mainstream media, the things that are being published and how that's shifting the way that we practice medicine. And so we're answering some of those bigger questions at the DDC and it's, it's really been cool to see the whole movement gain a lot of momentum every time we get together. Mm -hmm.
2: So I feel like I have to ask the question that you all get all the time that every PA, NP, nurse, PT. Yes, you have to, you have to. It's an important question. Why don't we have one for ex healthcare provider?
1: I get that question so many times a day and I feel so bad because I don't have a great answer Uh for it. Um, I don't know. What
0: do you say? I would tell you uh, Greg's answer to that because he gets asked that as well. And I think he's probably answered it better than I could, but The trickle-down theory is an effect here, and that if we start with the physicians, then hopefully that information will streamline itself down into Mm -hmm. um, the other medical professions. And and honestly, I think the goal would be eventually maybe we would have it, but we wanted to start with really the impact, the biggest impact we could in the beginning. And, uh, and see where that took us. And I honestly think a, it took it, off way more than we it anticipated because
1: it's a big job, right? I think he says he estimates there's maybe 20,000 physicians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it in the U S yeah. And each seminar has about 40 people and we've had 11 seminars. So we're not Man. even making a dent. Yeah. <laughs> chipping, barely chipping away at this, but it's a slow organic yeah. process as CrossFit is. And, yeah. um, I just tell people and I give a similar answer to what Michelle just said, but I tell people that, you know, you don't have to go to the MDL one to be part of this movement. Right. You can, you know, if you've been through the level and seminar, you have the same information. There's right. nothing different about the seminar except for, Greg speaking and the networking and um, do the same things, bring it back to your community, build relationships with your affiliate, try to build those bridges between what you're doing at work and what you're doing in the gym. Um, Try to spread and educate the other people that you're working with because we really do need all hands on deck and we don't, you know, think about how much we can do if we're all working together versus if I'm just going to work, you know, I'm working, I'm a doctor during the day and then I'm going to the gym, getting my workout for my health and I'm going to bed and I'm never having a conversation between those two things. We can have so much of a bigger impact if we start to blend those two worlds and if we start to see how we can apply, you know, what we're doing in the gym to what we're doing at work and vice versa. Especially as we're
0: changing the perspective on what people think of as health. Mm. And I really do Mm -hmm. think we're chipping away at that. I know in, in this program, some of the seniors are starting to question the preventative measures that their doctors are suggesting simply because they're thinking outside the box a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I have had that conversation Mm -hmm. about this, but, you know, having resources then to refer them to a physician who's, for lack of better words, CrossFit friendly, but at least understands the program that they're in Mm -hmm. is huge. It's going to be huge. And that's, exactly what we're trying to do is at least build a database where I can then Mm -hmm. take one of my seniors and say, yeah, okay, I get what you're asking out of my lane for sure. (laughs) Here's a physician Mm -hmm. that can understand what it is you're trying to accomplish and at least work with you on this stuff. And that's, that's incredibly important if we're changing or trying to change their perspective on all
1: of this. And that's really the goal. Mm and they are working on that directory. Yeah. No, I, know. <laughs> I don't know exactly when it'll in, be out, yeah. but it's in in the works. In the works. Yeah. Still in the works, but yeah. that will be huge, yeah. I think. Yeah. To yeah. be able to look up and find someone yeah. in your area huge. who has been through level 1 who, you know, has demonstrated that level of commitment to CrossFit yeah. and that level of understanding. Um and I hope that someday we'll have a similar directory for all different yeah. health professionals as well.
2: Right. Yeah, I the, the in my world in the PT rehab world you know I, I do often hear why isn't there one for PTS or yeah. not and I mean I'll I'll take it whenever if it ever becomes available yeah. but I'm I'm very happy that this is the first move and the primary move because in my world I'm in home health so for folks that aren't familiar with home health I'm typically so far down the medical chain people have interacted <laughs> with so many healthcare providers and as we all know uh, healthcare providers can often cause harm while they're trying to help people. And especially with our words and, you know, to have people, let's say, you know, some of the folks like in your class that I would, you know, be doing deadlifts and squats and loaded carries and whatnot in the home. It takes me so long to build the trust and that therapeutic alliance for them to even allow me to do that in the home. And if I had a referring physician that said, all right, I'm going to refer you to Dustin he's a home health physical therapist you're he's going to get you stronger he may do you know some movements like this where you're picking this weight up off the ground or holding a kettlebell you know right around your chest and sitting down standing up if if a doctor says that Mm -hmm. that makes my life so much easier (laughs) I mean I'm I'm hitting the ground running day one and and so when like I for me, a lot of the, the referring uh, physicians that I work with, they can be my biggest enemy or my best friend right. based on the words that come out of their mouth. And to have more and more folks that will speak your this type of language and understand high intensity and how yeah. this can be scaled and applied even to medically complex individuals, my Lord, that is absolutely amazing. And that, that makes me excited, even though it, it's not that many people right now, but to see it growing is, is pretty cool. So
0: one of the things we have... Um talked about doing here in this program and we're in a unique environment we don't have the insurance Mm -hmm. constraints we don't have those things because it's a, a free program but we're still trying to reach the right populations and someone earlier today at the social asked me this how like wouldn't you go to the hospitals and talk to the physicians about what you're doing so they understand this program and we've had enough physicians go through that have offered that but I don't know that the impact is what we would want it to be. Mm. And I would reverse that and say, they need to come here yeah. and watch our local physicians. Mm-hmm. You know, For us, my thought is doing an open house where for two weeks mm-hmm. you can come in and drop in and see what we're doing. And if your patients are appropriate for it, send them our way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, to me, CrossFit is something you have to watch and mm-hmm. experience and feel and understand and if we don't bridge that gap, we're kind of running into a wall. Yeah. With some of the physicians that I think have pa- in the patients or members for this program that would be beyond
2: appropriate for yeah. it. So yeah.
0: it's kind of thinking about things from a different perspective,
2: yeah. like what what y'all are doing next Saturday. You said yeah, like that's an open awesome. house for mm-hmm. healthcare providers. Yeah, so.
0: I love but it. But
1: how cool would that be if they could walk in and watch what's happening yeah. here first and see? I think there's so much power in that and seeing what's possible because even just walking in and seeing a regular class, I think for, for most people that walk into a gym, regardless of whether you have any health conditions or how old you are, it's intimidating mm-hmm. for most people. And so I think for most people, what comforts them is they walk into a gym, they see people in the class who maybe are like them. Yeah. And then they think, okay, I can probably do this. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to actually show someone first, to that's the biggest hurdle, right? Is just to get them inside mm-hmm. the door. And once you can show them, Oh, these look like my patients. Like, my patients could do this. Yeah. And look at how much progress they've made and look at what an improvement in their health they've made. That would be huge. Yeah. That, that would is be it's really cool. amazing. Yeah.
2: And I think we had this conversation too about data as well in terms of numbers, outcomes, because mm-hmm. like in home health, I, a lot of our world is built on how people f- perform on functional outcome measures. So y'all, you hardcore CrossFitters know your Fran time <laughs> like that. I know all my patients tug <laughs> times. They're timed up yeah. and go, uh, or their their There's Berg balance score. Yeah. Um and and a lot of those scores are tied to falls risk and and risk for rehospitalization or risk of potential functional decline. There's lots of data that says if you let's say you perform, you know, over 12 seconds on your timed up and go, you're likely going to have a fall within the year and you need an intervention. Um, is there potential to track numbers and data to really make, just make this evidence-based in, in a way in terms of how it is impactful? And I wonder from the physician's standpoint, if you have a box owner that mm-hmm. says, okay, in this demographic 65 to 75, I reduce their timed up and go scores, you know, about 25%. Mm-hmm. Or, is that valuable? Is that something people should think about?
0: Uh, from my perspective, uh, we were when we first started this, there was a lot of debate on what data we should collect yeah. on this. This is a population across the board that are going to their physicians frequently. Yeah. So the blood data, A1C, all that good stuff, I mean, that's stuff they all have. Mm-hmm. When we approached that, um, the ultimate discussion was, Let's base our our data around what you would normally collect with someone in your gym. And do you go out and get those, those, mm, those markers? Yeah. And for the, the majority of what we're seeing, no. Right. I have been hesitant to cross that boundary because I feel like that relationship with their physician is sound. And most of them are pretty comfortable with that. The data we're collecting in here really is more... Um, quality of life based right yeah that, right on that whiteboard yeah. that was the birth of yeah. that whiteboard was people pulling me aside and i don't need to track anything in a book to know they're making progress when they're telling me it's the first time i've been swimming with my family on vacation because yeah. i could get out of the water into the boat i um started online dating <laughs> because I feel so much better, right? Those are the things. Some of y'all are wanting to start CrossFit now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, start CrossFit, yeah. Um, Yeah, those are the things I just, like their quality of life is so improved. I don't know that that's something I necessarily need to measure in a book. I think that those need to be up for everyone to see. That was the whole point of that board was that it wasn't the pull-up and the push-up and those are cool But it's what are you what have you gained outside of these walls Mm -hmm. that is improving everything you do and the way you're living your life? That's far more important to me. And that's not going to show up in in necessarily in in blood work.
2: Yeah. So the referring if you I know y'all are friends. If you were just some random (laughs) PCP in the community that didn't know her, would you be would that be valuable to you? Like, do you want numbers or do you want the the anecdotal testimonials or both? Like, what's your perspective on that?
1: I mean, I think both. I think especially now in family medicine and primary care, so much of what we do when we, we're, we're trying to develop long-term relationships with our patients and we're trying to find out what is most important to them, what motivates them, because we know that's what's going to help them to actually make the lifestyle changes that are going to get them there. And so I think knowing that people are able to improve their quality of life and achieve these things that are most important to them, going swimming with their family, you know, not having to sell their house because of the stairs. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's huge. At the end of the day, that's what's most important to our patients. Um, I would say maybe some other doctors who are a lot more like (laughs) hardcore on the numbers than I am um, might want to know. And I would certainly want to know. I think that it's all interesting and it would be fascinating because, I mean, we know we have the signs out there to Mm -hmm. know that, This stuff, what we do in the gym, what we eat, you know, managing stress, sleep, all of those things have a a huge impact, way bigger of an impact than any medication could ever have. Mm -hmm. But having some of the numbers to be able to compare and say, have those conversations with your patients say, yeah, you could start this medication and it would do X, or you could start this program and it would have this effect and to compare those head to head. And you know, that's the conversation you're having with your patients risk benefit like, yeah, doing this program. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to spend an hour a day at the gym. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be really rewarding and it's going to get you to your goal versus, okay, you could take this medication. It's going to make your numbers look really good. You might have some side effects, but at the end of the day, like your quality of life is probably not going to change too much. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe they say, hey, that's fine. I'm happy with my quality of life. I'll take the medicine. That's cool. And that's their decision. But to know what's possible with the other option, I think is really powerful.
2: Cool. All right, let's wrap things up. All right, final thoughts. Ooh. One question. You're on the hot seat. You'll go first, <laughs> and then you. So just final words. If you, I mean this this is an amazing weekend. MDL One, we're at CrossFit HQ. Your special populations program is, is booming. I shouldn't say yours. It, it's a team it's effort. It's a team. Right? Yeah, so it's not just. I couldn't. Do apologies to anyone listening. listening. It's a part of your team <laughs> that I'm, I didn't mention. Um, what would you, you say to the box owner or the coach? that listen to this, this conversation and they just want to make something happen quick, uh, words of encouragement, action steps, final thoughts on to those particular people.
0: Don't turn anyone away from your gym. Mm. <laughs> and I think honestly, um, human nature is you see that person in a walker or the person who's 500 pounds. And as much as you'd like, yeah, I want to help them. There's a lot of trainers out there that would be like, Oh gosh, no, yeah. that's way beyond my scope. And I, I, Try it. Think about the impact you can have with those people. I think it's profound. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: And I think too, they may be turning them away before the person even comes Absolutely. with their uh, social media posting, with their Absolutely. website, with the pictures they may use. You know, it's, it's Send such a, a yeah, you gotta be so thoughtful Yeah. about, all right. To the healthcare provider, you know, mainly in the, the medical world, not the re- I'll speak to the rehab folk, but okay. the medical world, what would you, you say to them? Action steps or thoughts?
1: I would say to them, If you have not yet tried CrossFit yourself or you have not yet been through the level one, do those things. And then I would say to build a relationship with your box. So even if, you know, and it doesn't have to be that you're referring patients to your box. Maybe a lot of times I think about that, but my patients just can't afford it or there's one reason or another that prevents them from doing it. Build a relationship with your box, but also, you know, talk to your patients about, functional movement so Mm -hmm. they don't have to necessarily be a member of a box to start doing some of this stuff at home um try to break down those walls between what you're doing in the gym and what you're doing in your practice
2: awesome so i'll I'll speak to the rehab folks so pt ot speech my my people (laughs) whether you listen to the joe's health podcast or the pursuing health podcast podcast i think the biggest thing that i've learned and i've only been in this circle for a year yeah So I'm pretty new still. If you ever see me work out, you know I'm new. (laughs) But I think about, like, I do home health, you know, so it's a little different beast. Like, you're outpatient, Mm -hmm. right? So when people would come to see Michelle, oftentimes the primary driver is pain. Yeah. People, low back pain, shoulder pain, knee pain. That's why they go see physical therapy. For me, the primary driver is function. And, I mean, everyone that listens to my podcast has heard this a thousand times. But for the rehab folk that listens to Julie... If you are working with older adults and pain may not be the primary driver, we have to consider function. And function is absolutely huge and in terms of how people can uh, be resilient, it is very very different with older adults compared to younger folks so uh, if someone does have a cold or some type of illness or maybe even some type of injury that impacts their functional independence level tremendously more than let's say if i have a cold or or knee pain and whatnot so we have to really focus on function well if you want to improve people's function you have to improve their capacity if you want to improve their capacity you need to get them stronger and improve their conditioning and that's what this does you know And, and just the to be around more people like you all that are talking about scaling and talking about applying this to medically complex individuals. It is a, it is a beautiful thing. So I would encourage folks to, to be more familiar with CrossFit. They are not the enemy. Uh, running is actually more dangerous Heck and yeah. swimming is <laughs> who wants to a, a run that across just it. But, but get to know, <laughs> yeah, fun. get to know this world because I, we are all on the same team. Like there mm-hmm. are programs in here working with people that honestly would look like a lot of the patients that yeah. I would see based on unsteady gait yep. or uh, frequent falling would be the diagnosis that that people would, would send them to me. So that was long winded, but I just really want folks to really <laughs> consider this. Okay, so show notes: anything that we mention is going to be at
1: juliefoucher.com forward slash podcast and,
2: and geroshealth.com G E R O S health.com. We may or may not put your social media. Do you want your contact info out?
0: Uh, they can email me. I okay. mean, everyone has it anyway. Yep. So
2: yeah. All right. We'll put that in there because we just want to get y'all thinking of how you can build some of these programs to serve these underserved yep. people. Cause in all reality, they stand to the gain the most. Yeah. Uh, you had a recent, um, Guess that said most of CrossFit is wasted on the fit. Amen. I can't remember who that was. I can't
1: remember was. who that was. It, it, I don't think it was Greg, but it Wow, it may have been.
2: I mean, the, but they, I was like, yes. No, I agree. Thank you. I, <laughs> I couldn't mean, agree I, more. I love the the elite, uh, you know, games athletes. Like I geek out about them and what they're yeah. able to do. But my gosh, the percentage change that we can get yeah. in the folks that are here at 9, 10, 11, at, coming, you know, this week, I mean, they get a greater percentage gain than, than anyone Agreed. else. So. All right. Well, good chatting awesome. with y'all. You too, Thank
1: thanks. you so much. Hey there. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. There were a ton of great takeaways from this conversation. I had a great time discussing these topics with Dustin and Michelle, but here are my top three takeaways from this episode as usual. Number one was about the importance of marketing for the people who can benefit most from the CrossFit methodology. So thinking more critically about how we all talk about and present CrossFit as a solution for people who will likely benefit, but may find that it's very intimidating at first. It's so important that we're all creative in how we make these introductions. And I love what CrossFit HQ has done by putting out an ad for anyone who thinks of themselves as the last person to ever walk into a CrossFit gym. Ultimately, though, it seems like the best way to introduce someone to a new methodology like this is by doing. So you may want to think about how you can do that even outside the gym setting in your community to make it more accessible to the people who really need it. My second takeaway was about creating relationships between your affiliate and your healthcare professionals in your community. So this is the easiest bridge to make. So take advantage of it because most likely, whether you're a CrossFit affiliate owner or trainer or whether you're a healthcare professional, if you're both doing CrossFit and you're active in a CrossFit affiliate, you already have made that connection. So now it's time to use it. Think about ways, if you're in healthcare, that you can work with your local affiliate to create programs or even free education sessions for patients who might benefit. And if you're an affiliate owner or a coach, think about how you might reach out to your members who work in healthcare to see how they can best support um, or how you can best support them and your community in promoting health and functional movement. Number three was that we really do need all hands on deck. So if you're an MD or a DO, we'd love to see you at one of the upcoming MDL1 seminars. If you want to find out more about it, you can email info at CrossFitHealth.com for more information and upcoming dates for those seminars. Again, that's info at CrossFitHealth.com. If you are not an MD or DO, I still highly recommend doing the Level 1 seminar. It's the exact same seminar that's held in many locations around the world every single weekend. Um, So if you haven't done it yet, there you'll gain a greater understanding of the CrossFit methodology and how it applies to health. We really all need to work together in our local communities and with our local affiliates to share this information and combat the root causes of chronic disease. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouche.com, and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at juliefouche.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouche.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health.